Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner and to joining me in a trip of anticipation. I just recently heard that psychologists tell us that anticipation, or having something to look forward to, is an emotion with marvelous healing powers. And so, even though this is just the beginning of November, I've decided to start sharing Christmas stories with you beginning now. The year of 2020 has been a very unusual one for all of us, regardless of age or situation. Most of us have had to adapt to doing things very differently from before, and it has not only been an unusual time, but a sad time for some of us. So I thought it would be fun to begin now anticipating Christmas and also to look back and see what Christmas was like in some different periods of time. The story that I've chosen for my first Christmas episode takes us back to 1949. It's called Waiting, Waiting for Christmas, and it was written by Elizabeth English. Herman and I finally locked the store and dragged ourselves home to South Caldwell Street. It was 11 p.m. Christmas Eve of 1949. We were dog-tired. Ours was one of those big old general appliance stores that sold everything, from refrigerators and toasters and record players to bicycles and dollhouses and games. We'd sold almost all of our toys, and all of the layaways except one package had been picked up. Usually, Herman and I kept the store open until everything had been picked up. We knew we wouldn't have waked up very happy on Christmas morning, knowing that some little child's gift was back on the layaway shelf. But the person who had put a dollar down on that package never appeared. Early Christmas morning, our 12-year-old sons, Tom and Herman, and I were out under the tree opening up gifts. But I tell you, there was something very humdrum about this Christmas. Tom was growing up. He hadn't wanted any toys, just clothes and games. I missed his childish exuberance of past years. As soon as breakfast was over, Tom left to visit his friend next door, and Herman disappeared into the bedroom, mumbling, I'm going back to sleep. There's nothing left to stay up for anyway. So there I was alone, doing the dishes and feeling very let down. It was nearly 9 a.m., and sleet mixed with snow cut the air outside. The wind rattled our windows, and I felt grateful for the warmth of the apartment. Sure, glad I don't have to go out on a day like today, I thought to myself, picking up the wrappings and ribbons strewn around the living room. And then it began, something I'd never experienced before. A strange, persistent urge, go to the store, it seemed to say. I looked at the icy sidewalk outside. That's crazy, I said to myself. I tried dismissing the thought, but it wouldn't leave me alone. Go to the store. Well, I wasn't going to go. 
I'd never gone to the store on Christmas Day in all the ten years we'd owned it. No one opened shop on that day. There wasn't any reason to go. I didn't want to, and I wasn't going to go. For an hour, I fought that strange feeling. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer, and I got dressed. Herman, I said, feeling silly, I think I'll walk down to the store. Herman woke with a start. Whatever for? What are you going to do there? Oh, I don't know, I replied lamely. There's not much to do here. I just think I'll wander down. He argued against it a little, but I told him that I'd be back soon. Well, go on, he grumped, but I don't see any reason for it. I put on my gray wool coat and a gray tam on my head, then my galoshes and my red scarf and gloves. Once outside, none of those garments seemed to help. The wind cut right through me, and the sleet stung my cheeks. I groped my way along the mile down to 177 East Park Avenue, slipping and sliding all the way. I shivered, and I tucked my hands inside the pockets to keep them from freezing. I felt ridiculous. I had no business being out in that bitter chill. There was the store just ahead. The sign announced radio, electronic sales, and service, and the big glass windows jutted out onto the sidewalk. But what in the world? I wondered. In front of the store stood two little boys huddled together, one about nine and the other six. Here she comes, yelled the older one. He had his arm around the younger. See, I told you she'd come he said jubilantly. They were small, and they were half frozen. The younger one's face was wet with tears, but when he saw me, his eyes opened wide and his sobbing stopped. What are you two children doing out here in this freezing rain? I scolded, hurrying them into the store and turning up the heat. You should be at home on a day like this. They were poorly dressed. They had no hats or gloves, and their shoes barely held together. I rubbed their small, icy hands and got them close to the heater. "'We've been waiting for you,' replied the older. They'd been standing outside since 9 a.m., the time I normally opened the store. "'Why were you waiting for me?' I asked, astonished. "'My little brother Jimmy didn't get any Christmas.' He touched Jimmy's shoulder. We want to buy some skates. That's what he wants. We have three dollars. See, Miss Lady, he said, pulling the money from his pocket. I looked at the dollars in his hand. I looked at their expectant faces. And then I looked around the store. I'm sorry, I said, but we've sold almost everything. We have no skate. Then my eye caught sight of the layaway shelf with its one lone package. I tried to remember. Could it be? Wait a minute, I told the boys. I walked over, picked up the package, unwrapped it, and miracle of miracles, there was a pair of skates. 
Jimmy reached for them. Lord, I said silently, let them be his size. And miracle added upon miracle, they were his size. When the older boy finished tying the laces on Jimmy's right foot and saw that the skate fitted perfectly, he stood up and presented the dollars to me. No, I'm not taking your money, I told him. I couldn't take his money. I want you to have these skates, and I want you to use your money to get some gloves for your hands. The two boys just blinked at first. Then their eyes became like saucers, and their grins stretched wide when they understood I was giving them the skates that I didn't want their three dollars. What I saw in Jimmy's eyes was like a blessing. It was pure joy, and it was beautiful. My low spirits rose. After the children had warmed up, I turned down the heater, and we walked out together. As I locked the door, I turned to the older brother and said, "'How lucky that I happened to come along when I did.' If you'd stood there much longer, you'd have been frozen. But how did you boys know I would come? I wasn't prepared for his reply. His gaze was steady, and he answered me softly. I knew you would come, he said. I asked Jesus to send you. The tingles in my spine weren't from the cold, I knew. God had planned this. As we waved goodbye, I turned home to a brighter Christmas than I had left. Tom brought his friend over to our house. Herman got out of bed. His father, Papa English, and sister Ella came by. We had a wonderful dinner and a wonderful time. But the one thing that made Christmas really wonderful was the one thing that makes every Christmas wonderful. Jesus was there. I hope you have enjoyed this story of Waiting, Waiting for Christmas by Elizabeth English as much as I have enjoyed reading it to you. Join me again next episode for more Anticipating Christmas.